I'm Daryl Baskin with eXp Realty. You're listening to the future of real estate on FM 102.3 and AM 740 KRMG. My guest today, Jerry Robinson, economist, the man behind followthemoney.com. Jerry, thanks for being with me. Let's talk Bitcoin. And you've been in this for a while. Uh, it's still very difficult for people to understand. I think you give an amazing explanation of it. So go. When you think about Bitcoin itself, many people just don't really know what they're dealing with. They're not really sure what this is. And it makes total sense because it's a new world. You know, Daryl, back in 2007, 2008, I was writing a book called Bankruptcy of Our Nation. I was identifying many of the problems that we have with our economy, our fiat currency. I saw the fact that we have way too much debt. You and I know this. We've been talking about this for years. You, in fact, were even on the stage with me back in 2007 right. talking about these topics. So we, we, we knew that there was a fundamental problem with the economy. Well, at that same time, Daryl, when I was writing that book, trying to help people understand the situation, someone else by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto was actually writing a white paper and had created this thing called Bitcoin. If you read the white paper, which was released on October uh, 31st, which by the way of 2008, which by the way was the same day, ironically, that the 95 theses were nailed to the Wittenberg church by Martin Luther, kind of indicating this revolutionary or reformation kind of approach. Hmm. Bitcoin in the white paper, in essence, railed against what it perceived as the Federal Reserve's debauchery of the currency. So what my book, Bankruptcy of Our Nation, was designed to help people understand and how to protect themselves. At the same time, this fellow, Satoshi Nakamoto, whoever he is, was creating a real solution, a monetary arc, if you will, that had a predetermined amount of coins that would be created through the mining process. This means that a total of 21 million coins will be created between uh, the time it, of its origination and 2140. So right now we have a scarce, co uh, a scarce asset in Bitcoin that is unlike anything we've ever seen. I mean, when you think about gold, for example, more gold can be pulled out of the ground. Uh, and if you really want to ramp up production, you could probably get more out of the ground this year than you got last year. The same thing can be said for silver. But Jerry, but Bitcoin, Daryl. Yeah, go ahead. Jerry, what I want to go back to is I think the reason many times, many times people don't even understand about not having a gold backed currency because you're talking about this fiat currency where, where we just print money and voila, there's there's more money. You can't do that with gold because you have to mine it out of the ground, which has inherent costs, which keeps uh, keeps the fiat currency, um, if it's gold-backed, uh, keeps a currency from just deflating, C correct? I mean, it, tell, you can describe this better than I can. But the same thing is holding true here with Bitcoin. It's not just magical money. You have to mine it. I mean, you have to create it by solving a puzzle. That's what's so perplexing. Yes, yeah, the mining process is difficult, and it's becoming more difficult every single four years. There's a thing known as the Bitcoin halvening, and the miners who go out and use their computing power to go out and mine these Bitcoins that are created. Right now, there's about 900 Bitcoins created per day. Well, and that number is going to be cut in half in 2024. Then you'll only have 450 Bitcoins possibly mined every day. And then in 2028, every four years, it's going to get cut in half. Then you'll have 225 coins being mined every day. Well, you can imagine that with 
less than 1 million people actually holding Bitcoin today. No instit well, very few institutions have actually entered the space. And many large investors, guys like Paul Tudor Jones, have just recently entered the space. So we see growing demand for this unusual currency without a government that has no fiat currency counterpart. That's a self-authenticating form of value exchange. It's fungible. It's mutually interchangeable. Just like any two bars of physical gold are equal, just like any two $10 bills are equal, you would take either one. Bitcoin is the same way. So it's an, it's, uh, it has near zero transportation costs. It has low to zero storage costs, and it's finite in nature. Only 21 million Bitcoin will ever exist. So for this reason, you can see that many institutions are beginning to try to get their heads around what is a finite asset. Because as you, as you just stated, gold can be pulled out of the ground, but, uh, and maybe even more if you want to ramp up production. But no such possibility exists for Bitcoin because the number that can be mined are predetermined. So if you have right, we all know from economics 101 that if you have rising demand, but a fixed supply or even more or more compelling, a diminishing supply, then you're going to have upward pressure upon the price. So we're not really surprised by the $40,000 price tag that we have seen on Bitcoin in recent weeks. In fact, we have recently released a 2025 price target. This is five years out, but our price target for 2025, Daryl, is $275,000 per Bitcoin. But that may what, seem absurd, what but creates, it's due to the finite nature. What creates the faith in this uh, electronic currency? I mean, you have to, so people have to have faith in the currency to be able to transact with it and, and, and think it has any value whatsoever. So why isn't this just a computer game that is fun to play, but it truly has value to us? Well, that, that's very good. That's a good question. I think the the question could be reversed, and you could say, "What gives faith for the dollar?" Bingo. I mean, if I pull out a, <laughs> if I pull out a U.S. dollar out of my pocket, you know, all I see is wallpaper. I can't use it for anything else. It has no intrinsic value. And when I think about it, in fact, it's not backed up by anything. So it seems as if we are pretty willy nilly in what we put our faith in. So at, at least with Bitcoin, you have some sort of sort of program that cannot be inflated. You can't have individuals step in and say, we're going to create more Bitcoin now and, and dilute the value of everyone else's investment. So I think that finite nature, uh, coupled with the fact that it has had 10 years to 12 years of maturation where it's kind of matured, people have seen that it's still around, it still hasn't been hacked. But people are also understanding the power of blockchain, which is what Bitcoin is built atop. You know, I got to be honest, uh, Daryl, when I look forward, the blockchains that really excite me, aside from Bitcoin, are things like Ethereum and Chainlink. You know, these are the kinds of cryptocurrencies and the kinds of digital or blockchains, we would say, projects that have incredible um, runways. This so as, as the world slowly migrates to blockchain, slowly but surely at the corporate level, many of these cryptocurrencies are going to probably see much higher values. Jerry, uh, Jerry Robinson with Follow the Money, uh, friend economist, uh, followthemoney.com. And this is exactly what ties it into real estate. I've got to, I've got to take a hard break here, Jerry, but followthemoney.com is where you can find out more about Jerry and this. Um, you, you have great explanations. You make it very simple to understand. Thank you for your time today uh, very much. 
Oh, it's always a pleasure. Thank You're you, Daryl. You're listening Darryl. to the Market Experts Show with EXP Realty. I'm Daryl Baskin.